Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. Hey again, this episode is part two of two, as the original recording length came in at a whopping 3.5 hours. Before tuning into this episode, we recommend listening to the first part where we discuss the film in its entirety. It gives context to our discussion here on its accompanied devotional. Otherwise, enjoy. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. So I guess uh, really quickly, I'll just get through the highlighted notes. I, I We're not going to read these reviews verbatim. I just want to highlight uh, a couple no- a couple notes. Um, here's one. I'm not going to give the names off IMDb. It doesn't matter. They're also so old. I don't know if credit matters when they're just from like 2003. Who cares? Yeah. It's like yeah. if it's a tweet from like 2011, I don't care anymore. But anyways, this uh, review is an 8 out of 10. Beat expectations much better than most teen horror. Written September 2003. Wow, that's uh, not true. <laughs> it's not true. Continue. <laughs> I highlighted a section that said, um, not being a cruise mobile uh, or some other star vehicle, the story did not need to alter to suit diva whims. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. Uh, this, <laughs> I know. You, I, honestly, I'm, I'm like, but, this guy has Melody's a axe like... to grind with Tom Cruise's stupid star vehicles. So he's just trying to get himself over instead of the movie. I just don't like it when an actor tries to kill himself on screen. <laughs> like well, Tom Cruise, like just actively doing bad things that might end up killing him. But um, yeah, I, I specifically wanted to draw out some of these reviews because the Christian review complex is always very bizarre they always draw things like that like the vehicle there, there's no agenda here take that yeah. hollywood yeah yeah so that's that. why i'm kind of drawing on these um but it says instead the audience is given a ride through quarters and personalities typical of high schools this trip contains <laughs> yeah this kid <laughs> my high school is exactly like this finally <laughs> a movie for my like <laughs> Oh my god. We also had to close down the school because spiders were killing multiple students. <laughs> this trip contains oh no slashing, mutilating, all caps, no vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think it's for the exorcist. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's, that's immediately it. what I thought of. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that's vomiting. not in a high school. <laughs> No, the only horror film movie. this person saw was The Exorcist, but now they think all <laughs> horror films are like that. Right. What was left? Suspense. Good versus evil. Numerous potential villains all traveling to a satisfying twist in the end. Okay, I, I, would, I wouldn't say this movie has a twist, really. 10 out of 10. Watch it without distractions. April 2004. <laughs> I watched this for the first time last night with a house full of 15 teenagers. Half of them had already read the book. Okay, so it's like a, it's like a youth group. Uh, with this 5.1 surround cracking uh, cranked way up and the lights turned down low, my skin did get goosebumps from time to time. Period. Parentheses. Especially helping in the department is having a teen familiar with the book get up and run in from the room going, I can't watch this part. I can't watch. End parentheses. I don't know. That was just another <laughs> sentence. I don't know. I just wanted to point that out. That sounds like a miserable watching experience. <laughs> know, so Why does that improve the experience? That was basically my experience watching Smile. It was just like two rows of teenagers constantly talking. It was really bad. Oh, uh, no. Anyways, uh, I also rather enjoyed the mystery of the movie, which kept me guessing. And it's always great to find a movie that doesn't resort to trash talk in its dialogue. <laughs> trash talk. <laughs> Give me your money, punk. <laughs> uh okay <laughs> uh silly inconsistent and absurd plot five out of ten reasonable november 2004 uh, i specifically just grabbed um this part hangman's curse has a silly inconsistent and absurd plot plagiarizing spy kids spy kids came out 2001 so oh, there's okay. a bit of that gotcha. okay. the participation of writer frank Preddy in the role of the scientist algernon wheeling is so ridiculous that it irritated me the guy this is the guy is horrible <laughs> trying to be funny but indeed being very unpleasant <laughs> like i don't know just oh the wording goodness. is really great review written by ted decker <laughs> like, rival author <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, just 
hitting each other. <laughs> now we have to watch House to like continue the saga of them writing reviews of each other. <laughs> um, this is six out of ten, but the reviews title uh. is seven out of ten. But then on the bottom it says my rating seven point three out of ten. Wow. <laughs> don't know what's going on <laughs> I, I guess the, i guess the median would be like 6.9 out of 10 i don't know uh june 2004 uh the first i thought about this movie was all right a clean christian flick for teens then i saw the trailer visited the website read the tagline uh which the tagline we didn't mention is it's so good watch your locker watch your back watch your soul <laughs> that's so good like <laughs> it makes you th- like it sets up the precedent that like like having to make conscious decisions is a big part of the story and it never comes up ever. But really. it also is the tagline of like an eighties direct video, like sleazy slasher, like that kind of it, like a fun slasher. It should yeah, be exciting, like, but then it doesn't have any of that. It's like, if you're like a, like a Santa based horror movie, where it just says like, you better watch out. Right. Yeah. Which is great. Um, but then they said, they read the tagline. And my next thought was, eh, this is going to be so, so. Then I saw it, and it was more than so-so, but then as in, like, a period of time, so more than so-so. Anyways, I always like bringing out typos. Anyways, skipping ahead, although this film moved right into place as one of my all-time favorite movies the moment I saw it, next to to Jurassic Park and Pirates of the Caribbean and The Curse of the Black Pearl, it still had some (laughs) noticeable flaws. I'm very picky about my endings, and I did not like this ending. Oh, that's fair. I hated Jurassic Park's ending. I don't know why they're trying <laughs> okay. to slander Jurassic Park. <laughs> this uh, is a very specific axe to grind. <laughs> Wait, what's wrong with Jurassic Park's ending? It's I also, know. It's like, did you want them all to, to perish? Also, like, also Ted Decker. <laughs> <laughs> he was currently working on a rival dinosaur book. It was trying to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, why didn't my Roger Corman movie go off? Well? <laughs> yeah, it's no Cardasaur, he says. <laughs> uh, he goes, I can almost guarantee you this is worth watching. Uh, okay, hold on. So first off, that sounds fake. Like that sounds like the studio got somebody right. like, what are two current big movies? And they're like, uh-huh, Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park 3. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. uh, I have two more. One, I'll save the one that's in its entirety for the end because it's kind of fun. But six out of ten, this realistic take on the secret agent kid movie succeeds on many levels. <laughs> so, and then write stop, eight out of stop. Stop. <laughs> you say that again, please. I realistic it. take on the spy kid genre. <laughs> it's, it's a popular genre, Daniel. <laughs> There's no realistic version of that genre. <laughs> <laughs> six, spy uh, kids in the title i'll read it again though six out of ten this realistic take on the secret agent kid movie succeeds on many levels eight out of ten i don't know <laughs> what they're doing <laughs> i guess people just have strokes when they write reviews they just change their mind within minutes and it's just right well he rated six out of ten but then he started writing and thinking about the movie it just made him realize how much he loved it so uh the yeah. highlighted section for this was this movie is safe for the family and actually a much higher quality film than we get with similar Hollywood films such as Agent Cody Banks and Spy Kids, <laughs> not to mention. <laughs> I did not expect to hear the, the title Agent Cody Banks today. Uh, the, yeah, anyways, not to mention much more realistic, he says. It is more realistic than Agent Cody Banks. I'll give him that. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, most of most of the positive reviews, of course, mention why haven't we gotten this present darkness? So we know that they're not horror aficionados. That would be a very interesting book to adapt as a film. Admittedly. Well, it sounds like, from what I've heard, is in the book. It sounds like it'd be like a hard R. Like it'd be a really rough movie. Yeah. Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Hey, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S., and you know they love their freedoms. 
And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted, I thought this was like a hobby thing. You want me to... expand Cinematic Doctrine. You know this Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention, you get to tell us what to do. That's right, each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run, so I'll see you guys later. This this one that I, I highlighted is a 3 out of 10. I was there at the high school where they filmed this. Uh, oh, July 2010. Wow. Uh, this movie is good for younger kids, but I don't think teens and adults will care for this movie. The movie and uh-huh. ending aren't very good. I was there while this movie was being filmed. Some of my friends even have parts in the movie. I wonder if it's the kid who looks into the camera <laughs> at <Yeah>. like 10 <laughs> minutes in. I took a note about that. But uh, they pulled the whole school out to sit in the bleachers for a few hours for the big football scene. It was so boring. We had to watch them film the scene over and over again. Hollywood's tough. And the director said, now everyone acted shocked or scared. It got old fast. I don't think I would want to act as a profession. The one good thing we got (laughs) is as many free snow cones as we wanted. (laughs) Ooh, craft (laughs) services pulling through. serious plus, right? Yeah. Uh, I was very disappointed when we saw the end product. I thought this was going to be a scary horror movie. It was more of a family movie and shortly after aired on ABC Family. Uh, Definitely accurate. So I thought those were all pretty worthwhile. Uh, sounds like they got some good scenes. <laughs> they were excellent. Uh, Dan, do you want to read the two that you sent me <laughs> that are like a sentence long? I just, I just have a quick comment okay. about yeah, yeah. the. I just still can't believe that. Like, I think in <laughs> two of those comments, people said this is realistic. Yeah, well, nothing yeah. about the high school experience was realistic. No, and not then at all. the um. Because you didn't talk about it, but the part that made me laugh, too, was when the one bully was, like, you know, on... It was, like, the lunchroom, and, like, the one football kid was, like, on the the goth yes. kid. And yes. then the sister's like, watch this. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, what's about to happen? Uh, and her brother comes up. Worst arm I've ever seen. has, like... I don't even want to say how many pounds on him, but <laughs> is, like, totally, like taken over by yes. this other guy and like like you said like the worst like arm hold ever <laughs> and i'm just like what is this happening? is so ridiculous <sighs> yeah. and as someone who works in a high school that is not how that would go no down. no not at no. all it's so it's so bad it's i won't elaborate but it's just like <laughs> it, this is completely ridiculous yeah we've seen this scene in multiple of the films not to re- not to go back and start the review over um right. where it's like it's supposed to be the big <laughs> showcased for like establishing this guy can handle some of the fight this guy knows martial art whatever and it's supposed to be a thing where like he with like one hand like knocks the guy out and it's just like this horrible like he just like lightly twists his arm and the guy just chooses not to use his right arm which is in theory his dominant arm and it's just terrible um yeah i when people talk about like oh this is more realistic this is actually a specific pet peeve of mine where people be like oh i don't like fantasy films i like realistic stuff like the new jack reacher show on amazon it's like Okay, like in a real fight, a guy could not be able to kill like a hundred people or whatever. You'd be winded after one yeah. fight. It's not realistic. The only realistic fight scene is like an old boy because everyone gets exhausted in two minutes. Like even the bad guys kind of are like, I don't know if I'm into this fight anymore. <laughs> like they're kind of just tired. <laughs> yeah. They look like they kind of want this guy to like go home, but they're like, <laughs> I get paid to protect this place, so I have to keep the fight going. Like, right. like that's the only realistic fight. Like. Plus, movies are not real. Yeah, it's like they're I don't exactly. Like, I, don't I was like just that gonna say fantasy. that. I don't That's like the other Star thing. Wars. I'm like, watch me... a documentary then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's like, easy. Yeah, like people. A lot. The funny thing is, a lot of people I know who say stuff like that, they watch like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jason Statham, and like yes. these completely the nonsense. Meg. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, the the Meg. Uh, <laughs> 
So right? I, I'm going to quote, I'm going to steal something. My The pastor I work with, he saw Lord of the Rings Return of the King with his dad. And when they got in the car after the movie, he just went, huh, that was realistic. <laughs> As a criticism, like his dad? Or? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, where did they lose you? Was it the names? <laughs> was it the first image you saw? Right. Men aren't that nice to each other. <laughs> they don't was help each other for a the pointy ears? Yeah. My, <laughs> my buddy whose favorite movie is the movie Heat. I tried to get him to watch Harry Potter. And he was texting me. He just goes, what kind of name is Dumbledore? What is this? <laughs> Hogwarts? That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> when are they going to take a math class? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's how they got the litter boxes at school because the goggle turns into a cat. <laughs> uh, extremely topical comment. Uh, but the two, so my the two reviews I highlighted are far far less detailed than the ones Melvin did. They're very minimalist, <laughs> but abstract in the right ways. <laughs> First one, four stars. You never realize what the ghost really is. Uh, <laughs> it's a bloom effect. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's because you can't see it. It, can't see uh, it. it was. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I, I was wondering because I was actually like, yeah, is it just the spider bites that makes them see ghosts? Why do they well, see Abel the specifically? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. We, we understand that the spider bite causes hallucinations but why are they all hallucinating the same person like they have like a shared they never, never mentioned suggestion experience yeah i guess this movie's not realistic i just that just <laughs> i guess um and <laughs> one star i don't know what to say i thought this was a game <laughs> question mark <laughs> so he tried to stick just, it in his PS2. And I just don't know what the context is. He's <laughs> just going through the menus. Very limited gameplay options. <laughs> and if I explore the menu, I find a cutscene from Tetsuo the Iron Man. I don't understand. Uh, Melvin, your very specific references are on point today. Um. <laughs> and I'm not flubbing them either. It's What is happening? You may not know this, but the easiest way you can show your support for Cinematic Doctrine is to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. So press pause and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And then press play again so you can hear the rest of the show. I I really can't go without mentioning the devotional because even some of the points we've mentioned, the devotional covers stuff that the movie, like, it just goes against it. So... I made it into 10 points to make it really easy. Um, and they're all very quick. Basically, the first point is that this specifically is targeted as an evangelistic tool, um, or at the very least has a subset of like, this could be used as evangelism, stuff like that. I just, I'll read one paragraph that's in the, a bit, the beginning, the about section. It says, Hangman's Curse is also a great way to reach out to unsaved friends and give them much needed exposure to the things of God. When combined with post-film discussion, a view of Hangman's Curse could potentially be the first step many teenagers would take toward faith in Christ. Um, t- I guess, look, theoretically, anything can do that. So, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> you've said a fact of life. <laughs> but like, I, I would, it would be interesting actually if someone tweeted at us or messaged us saying that this was actually part of their uh, journey through faith. Oh man, it. it I, I want to know if anyone even ever did this. Like, did did the devotional? Is there a yeah. youth group out there where they watch this movie at like a movie night, and then they all did this little uh, study together? Well, that one review said they had fifteen teenagers. I, I was just gonna yeah, comment have, yeah, on that. Yeah, them. maybe they did something. Yeah. Then they have headers for sections. The first one is bullying. Um, they have suggested passages: James two one through twelve and three nine through eleven. I summarize them pretty much as like, uh, don't have favoritism. Uh, and then uses the example of rich and poor, uh, and also has the insight that like uh, those who are richer are manipulating and taking advantage of you. So like, why are you helping them? Uh, which I found was int- not help. You know what I mean? Uh, he's sure. not saying don't reach out to rich, but don't show favoritism. James three also then goes into the cursing man, but blessing God. How can you do the same if these people are also the image of God? And then the the question kind kind of like go into like how do you talk to people who are quote unquote weird? I was going to summarize it, but I'll actually just read it. Um, does bullying occur in your school as frequently as the movie suggests? 
Have you ever been bullied by anyone? Have you ever been a bully? Mm. Do you know anyone who can, could be considered quote unquote weird? The Bible says power of life and death is in the tongue. Here's the uh, AG stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Catherine picked up on. I, I'm not really familiar with like different groups, but. Oh, man. I, uh, so that's specific. Yeah, that verse gets evoked a lot. Um, the specific context, if I remember correctly, is actually talking about like in a, like a trial setting. Like with your words, you can literally condemn someone to death. Yes. Um, Which is consistent with talking about um, like the the inferences yeah. to the law and, that he's making. So, so there, there's actually that's an interesting verse too because like other commentators have read talked about how it actually uh, references certain like I think Jewish parables where they're talking about how like um, the act of gossip is a form of murder because you're yes. you're murdering someone's reputation, but you also are condemning yourself because you're sinning and doing so, and mm-hmm. you then are also hurting the person you're talking to. Because you're not, you're giving them false information and you are like, kind of like putting them in a bad position because now you're spreading um, bad information that's bad, that gives them a negative impression about someone else. And you're kind of almost like sharing that sin with them in a way. So mm-hmm. the actual context of that verse is um, very convicting, but unfortunately gets utilized as like, if I say I'm going to do well to, you know, I can, yeah. you know, you have magic powers basically, but there's like, it's not untrue that if you're constantly saying negative things, you're going to create like a negative life for yourself, but it's not literally like a spell book, you know? Yes. So, yes. Um, and then it continues. Obviously the bully is speaking words of death, but what are some words of life that could be spoken in the situation? I just found this uh. question vague, so I didn't really like it. Like, yeah, like the nightmare of being in a group, like a youth group. They're like, do you know anyone's weird? Oh gosh, and then they all yeah. just like look at you in the group. Yeah, right. They're like, look at exactly. Melvin over there. Well, that's Aww. actually one of the problems with the devotional is that it kind of has that. Like Catherine said, like, I don't want to answer these questions in a group setting. That's awkward. Plus like, like, something like modern teachings of like bullying is like, if you see someone's being bullying, you, you snitch, you go tell somebody who's an adult who actually can take care of it because you are 12 years old. Your brain is not developed. You're not physically capable of handling uh, someone who might be bigger than you. And you're also fragile. So you could just die. So like, it, <laughs> it, like maybe those words of life ain't going to work out so well, buddy. Like it's very bizarre. Um, the third point I had is, there's just a typo in the devotional. I'm just going to read read this verbatim. Elijah and Elisha roamed the school in search of clues and discovered Crystal's odd painting with demons painting. That's about it. I didn't oh. any, other, any other point? <laughs> Imagine not picking up their names, Elijah and Elisha, and then just being very confused by that. Particular <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, And also not knowing that in the Bible, it's just two men. Like, it's not actually... And they're not related. So, like, I don't know. Right. Enjoying this episode? Grab that share link and tell your friends. Word of mouth is the most effective way for a podcast to reach new listeners. So don't be shy. Share the episode wherever you can. Anyways, moving on. Point number four of my points. Have you ever felt injured by something someone said to you? What are your greatest fears? That's a crazy question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, that's a great question. Isn't the it? thing oh where gosh. the teacher just calls to someone, even if they don't raise their hand. You, what is your greatest right. fear? <laughs> Tell us about your parents' divorce. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no. these are not good group discussion questions. Yeah, when do you feel most accepted, most insecure? What types of feelings? Like you're just giving ammunition to the bully in your youth group. <laughs> uh, what type? I'm being cynical, but anyways, uh, what types so, of feelings? Some of these questions can be ans- asked in a group if it's like a good group. Right. Like if you have Mm. a small group and it's older teens and they trust each other, like, yeah, like depending on what kind of group you have, the level of spiritual maturity, general maturity, you can ask pretty deep questions. Yes. And if I can add uh, just a soft softening to the devotional, if I can defend this devotional that (laughs) we're, we're ripping on. It does mention that like you'll know if you're the leader how to handle things and how to like approach them. So these are just this is a tool to be used. Um, the thing does continue. What types of feelings do you think Ian and Crystal felt? Those are the goths. Have you ever thought about how? Oh, it's another typo. I missed it. Have you ever thought about how that other person feels? But no, it's not a typo. I'm sorry. I, it's, <laughs> these are just weird. Very weird. You okay, Melvin? <laughs> Um, dear, during their walk along the river, Blake and Elisha talked about bullying and prejudice. Blake said he should know better. Why do kids bully other kids? Is it for acceptance because of insecurity in their lives just because they can? I just found that question not very useful. I don't think it's useful. I I get it. Like you can put yourself in their shoes, but like, 
it's always the same answer. Like, yeah, it's insecurities and it's also like sin. Like people are just sometimes mm-hmm. evil. Like kids can just be evil. Um, some people watch the, or read Stephen King and are frustrated with how evil his kids can be sometimes, but it's like, no, kids can be really yeah, nasty yeah. people. Um, they're just like energy balls of violence sometimes. Um, the next section is revenge, bitterness, and resentment. Uh, he goes into Romans 12, 16 through 21, which summarizes just living peaceably by your means. Associate with the lowly and meek. Um, do not seek justice. Trust that God has justice uh, there. I just felt that by bringing that passage up and not having the addition of Romans 2, 4, talking about that it's the Lord's kindness that like brings us to repentance, like his love draws us in. Um, and even the exposure to his wrath can be part of like the taste of the wrath can be part of that uh, loving thing makes this verse dangerous to bring up because you're really being uh, Romans uh, 12, uh, 16 through 21, because you're really kind of building this idea that like, Hey, if someone's being mean to you, be nice to them almost out of spite because you're heaping coals in their head and the Lord will get a, get them later. And I just didn't like that. Like the context of Romans is you read it in like a sitting, like it was given to be read in a sitting and to be interpreted and understand the context. And even something for me, like I don't like cherry picking Paul's writings because he's using so many points of interest to make a point and to have yeah. like a, that it's like just drawing stuff out i just didn't find that useful that was kind of it for that point this is um like this is interesting like i can picture like a church announcing like hey we're gonna have a special movie night and we're gonna talk about these subjects so if you have a kid there's a level where like kids are attending because their parents are prepping i'm like you're gonna talk about bullying and revenge suicide (laughs) suicide so like yeah i i feel like it's gonna be weird uh what's the what's the next yeah, What's the next um, section? The, the seven and eight, the, my points were, I think, the most egregious. Seven being what I thought was the most egregious until I got to eight. Um, seven is Romans 15, one through seven. This is where I was especially confused by why they're picking this passage. The passage is largely about um, uh, if you're in the post-Christ unit, like I'll write, read what my note was because I tried to summarize. My notes can be messy, so I apologize. But I basically said Romans 15, one through seven is essentially it. The passage is largely about the post-Christ body unification that is important to preserve by other-oriented and other-conscious means. So like by being kind to one another and preserving. So they use that to be suggested Bible verse. And then they go, when Ian thought he had lost Crystal, he felt he had lost everything, even though throughout the movie, no one's died. So I don't know why he thought he lost Crystal. Right. Uh, In one last desperate bid, he went to hang himself in hope, in the hope that somehow that would give life once again to Crystal. Elijah comes to try and rescue Ian from an action he himself is doing to himself. Uh, this is a big red flag. Put yourself in Elijah's shoes. What would you say if you were trying to talk Ian out of hanging himself? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I know. that uh, <coughs> Melanie's nodding her head, wow. shaking her head. It is not good. That's this tough. Is, no. If you, I just want to make this clear. I think the, I think the number was updated. It's 988 for suicide prevention hotline. Can, can you, can I, I'm trying to think about how it asked that question to like a youth group, right? Like, I, I hey, it, Billy, if your girlfriend died and you were thinking about killing um, yourself, what would you want someone to say to you? Or like, or vice versa, be like, hey, Bimmy, like, <laughs> I wouldn't ask the question. I think if a child brought it up, then I would maybe go into it because the child has opened the door to it. But um, I, and at that point, like, that's it, like, it's, but it's very different than like a, a question of like, what do you say to someone who's going to kill themselves? Like, I, what? Well, it's not like, even that. It's like this specific scenario too, right? <laughs> like this very if you're, thematic. If, you're, if your friend is on a stage about to hang themselves in front of the school, you know, what are you going to do? And yeah, I, I'm not sure if like, again, I was like t- earlier, I was like, well, you know, it may be in the right group. You can ask them these difficult questions. I'm not sure. If this is like, I can get the thought process of we want kids to think about these difficult subjects, but also because in asking this question, you're also kind of asking them to think about the implications of why someone would want to commit suicide, um, what the Bible says about like life and forgiveness and so on and so forth. I definitely think there's a better way to make them think about those topics than yes. asking a yeah. very, because like, it's not even that I think it's inappropriate as so much as it's just, I don't see it as a very productive question because it's such an intense question i don't know what group would be able to like properly answer or even think about it i don't know maybe i'm overly you gotta sensitive tell them the spirit sucks but <laughs> yeah. 
I think, yeah. Do you think he handled it well would be another way to ask the question. But what do you think, Melanie? Yeah, I. these are just really, first of all, I would not use this film to talk about any of these no. things. <laughs> no, not at that's all. Like, that's like number one. This is like a horrible example to use to kind of bring up these conversations. Yeah. And I also think that um, a lot of these questions are very nuanced, you know? So yeah. kids can, what I, found, what I find as a teacher is kids can regurgitate the answers they think you want to hear. Yes. Yeah. And they make you feel like, oh, well, we understand because we know this is how we're supposed to feel. Yes. But it may not actually be how they feel or how they think. So I do agree with you, Dan, when you were talking about, you know, if it's if you know this group, it's a very small group and they're very spiritually yeah, yeah. mature, you can like engage in these conversations. But I think it's also important, like who's engaging in those conversations and how you're phrasing the questions. And I it's because I think that a lot of the time in my experience as a teacher, a lot of the bullying, whether the bullied or the bullier always stems from something that's rooted a lot deeper than yes. what's on yes. the surface. 100%. And so um, I, and I know that I do not have all the skills or the tools to fully dive into those conversations, which is why oftentimes I'll try to talk to children, de-escalate the situation as much as I can, but then I refer them to the professionals, the yes. counselors, you know, those who have been trained to do have the skill set. And then it gets taken on from there. And we could talk about that a lot more thoroughly in another conversation. Because yeah. again, that's you're kind of opening up this whole thing about, you know, what works and what doesn't. But yeah, at the yeah, the way that they're phrasing those questions, while I understand they're trying to be very helpful, I think can also backfire like in a really big way, especially depending on how you phrase them, what kind of group you're in. Yes. And um, and if you yourself, the person who's initiating the conversation, doesn't have any experience talking about those things. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Because I think that that is also like a huge I thing. Sometimes I think people are yeah. good intentioned and they might feel like, again, like, Oh, we, you know, I, I feel like I can do it and it's fine. But then kids might ask you questions that you don't know how to answer. Um, yeah. Or, um, or again, just, you may, you may phrase something in such a way that could be triggering to someone or that they might misunderstand what you're saying. I just think that these questions, these conversations can be very, can be very tricky if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how risky these this devotion wants to be with it, its words when being based on like yeah. a faith that the pictures words is like even putting the word like the in the wrong places is like a death word. I don't know. Maybe I'm hyperbolizing, but like yeah. it's just very bizarre to me. But I I find it problematic just because I also think there's an unfortunate culture of like individualism um in which that like it's almost like if you were in the situation where you had to stop somebody from trying to kill themselves, what would you say? And I, I just don't think that like, if someone's trying to kill themselves, I'm not doing, I'm not going to try and help them by myself. I cannot do that. Like I am, would not be equipped. I would do what I can. I'd rush to them, but I would like immediately be like calling somebody and like trying to orient them to the right direction. And, and it becomes more of a group effort thing, but I just find, I just found it also just inappropriate Especially when, like, yeah. we're, we're not talking about it like seriously as a topic, but we're we need to remember also it's related to Hangman's Curse, like the movie, and like that makes yeah. it worse. Hey there, listener! Want to influence the podcast? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine and support the show for three dollars a month. In doing so, you'll be able to vote on a movie poll that picks a film we discuss each month. So jump on over there and have your voice heard. It's it's a it's an odd marriage of conversation and inciting media. Like I, you, Melanie, you made a great point about like is is the group facilitator ready for these types of conversations? Because again, I think like um like I just my in my mind's eye, I can picture a thing where a pastor like or even a youth pastor just gets a youth leader like all right, we're gonna break out into small groups now. You know, after watching the right. movie. And you get yeah. some like nineteen year old, too. like you yes. know, who is like. Then a kid raises their hand and goes, "Well, my uncle committed suicide. Is he in heaven?" And then this poor nineteen year old's like, "Uh, you know, doesn't yes. know what yeah. to do." And yes. like, yeah, even talking about like the answers they get, like even somebody well well meaning might say something and give them some kid advice, and then suddenly it's done horribly, 
like horrible damage because like these are topics are very near and dear to this the the group you're talking like teenagers especially now like forget when this study guy was written even now mental health is a big hot button issue and like like the way the ways in which bullying manifests and take place is so much more complex than 2003 where you have oh kids that are constantly being yes. like inundated with you know cyber bullying cyber you know, bully internet yeah. pornography violence yeah, and, and gore it's you know bad. like they're, they they yeah. can never escape their tormentors because they're so connected to them via all these other avenues <clears> and so like yeah. it's just I can just picture some intern working at the company who's been like, hey, let's put a study guide together. And they're just like, we're haphazardly like banging questions down, hence the typos. Right. And they, hey, have, they have what no, do you think of suicide? Yeah, like suicide. Yeah. Huh? Ain't that something? And you know, they have no thought about like the implications of their yeah. own questions or, yeah, it's, um, it's, if you're going to have like, there's a, there's a well meaningness to a lot of youth programs and where, the people in charge really do care about teenagers and they care about kids and they really want to tackle these hot button issues without really thinking about what they're stepping into. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you could be in a situation where you lead a group, nothing happens to the group. Then afterwards a kid c- comes up to you and talks to you and they're like, you know, I've been thinking about hurting myself. Like, what do I do? And suddenly like you've put yourself in a position where you are now a very important person in this person's life. Yes, and because if you're not careful, yeah. you could end up in a very like, uncomfortable difficult situation where you're on the phone with somebody at 3 a.m and you can't find them and they're like in a bad way or you know especially the people that tend to end up in these fields are people that really their hearts in the right place and they just want to help kids and they're not going to think like logically and be like all right well first i need to talk to the this person i need to bring these people in there's all these resources i need to utilize they're just going to try and hug the, the suicide out of the kid you know or something as opposed to you know, and, and they end up in like a horrible situation where now you're this kid's lifeline and you're and you're in way over your head and you're just home from college for some for, for a semester. And now you're um, trying to save someone's life and all because you watched Hangman's Curse. So yes. what I'm saying is stay far away from this movie. Because yeah. you end up in a horrible situation. Well, uh, this is where and what's funny, though, is like no one's getting this devotion except me. <laughs> so it's not like it's not going to be effective yeah but, yeah um, i think melanie is 100 correct when she says that 100%. this movie yes. is not the best starter for a conversation or i say right. that every time i say that i think about my friend's mother who uh gave her life to christ because she watched a nick cage left behind film so what do i know but well that's like where we started <laughs> right like it, god can do whatever he wants so i'm not like against it exactly. i just know that there's better more helpful more yeah more um it's just better tools but this is a. Uh, I'm going to read all of this, and I'm just going to okay. read it from start to finish, and um, we'll then commentate on it after. Um, okay, this is where there's one part of this that I, I just want to make clear. Like uh, the first time I read it, I literally just like if I had water in my mouth, I would have done a spit take. It was so shocking to me, um, and I don't think I'm playing it up. I think this is really offensive. But um, <laughs> all right, I'm getting says, ready. When Ian finds out that his perception was never reality, he is able to see what a horrible mistake he almost made. Studies show that during a suicide attempt, many children and adolescents don't know why they're doing it, but feel unable to stop. Uh, my only commentary is they're talking about suicide. Uh, don't remember the attempt at all. Felt as if they were in a trance. Thought they would be rescued. Cannot verbalize their feelings, so their pain comes out in their actions. Have increased impulsive and Im- impaired judgment, perceptions, and cognitive skills. Uh, how do these facts relate to Ian's suicide attempt? Uh, uh, um, do you know anyone who has tried this or who has talked about it? <laughs> what? Uh, oh, Ian my put, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to keep going. Ian put his trust in a supposed spirit. Norman put his trust in his knowledge of biology. Others in life... <laughs> Put their trust in alcohol, sex, sports, and a host of other pursuits that ultimately fail to satisfy. What do you put your trust in for a sense of purpose, hope, happiness? Uh, Okay, Uh, before I give it to you guys, obviously, (laughs) I'm not sure if those descriptions of pre-suicide ideations are accurate or not i mean given when this is written that might that that's might be studies and data that are so outdated that's not worth so i just don't know um the thing that totally blew my mind is that there would just just the idea that you would ever ask anyone 
in a small group who has oh tried gosh. to kill themselves. Dude, right. talked about it. That's <laughs> not the no. It's not good. <laughs> so bad. No. I cannot believe that someone put pen to paper and published that. I know, that's really bad. Um, oh my gosh. But then also the fact that that's the be- so that's the beginning of the point. How do these facts relate to Ian suicide? Do you know anyone? And then the fact that it builds the point into like Ian tries to trust us in evil spirit, but then Norman trusts science. <laughs> like, like it starts targeting so, like all the stuff that's like I don't are, know. It just not to revisit the movie, but are we supposed to believe there's an actual evil spirit in the film? Did the person making this like actually watch the movie or no? There wasn't like the 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 goths believed that there okay. was that spirit of yes. Andy gotcha. or okay. whatever his name is, yeah. Abel Abel Fry. And that he was watching over them. That's why all the jocks were dying. Yes, but it was. Okay. It ended up being just the the science of the spiders and the pheromones and the whatever. Yeah, right. they were all just hallucinating like the same exact thing. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, that blew my mind. So. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. In case anyone's listening, don't ask that in a small group. No. Like, please it, don't. Maybe no. It, do not. I know. honestly wouldn't even ask that to someone like in person. I. I I'm not sure the question or the answer is valuable in either way. Yeah, there there is a time and a place for certain conversations. I don't think this is the time or place. I I don't like the implication that suicide is only like something that happens if you believe in evil spirits. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's their intention, but it can be read that way. But yeah, I don't, yeah. There's a lot. Well, the, the devotion. Unlike the movie, is ending strong, wouldn't you say, guys? <laughs> uh, it is a, it is building. Like it this actually like... has a theme and a motive, whereas the movie yeah. is like we're just pining for something. This one again, I was going to skip because I was like, all right, this episode's too long. But um, I'll just briefly say, like, it gets to this one header that's called rules, and the suggested Bible passage is Ephesians six one through four, and I go, oh, which one's that one? When do I remember? And Catherine goes, oh, oh no. And it's the kids obey your parents one. And it says, as a commandment, follow them because you get a long life. It's the first commandment with a promise. You get a long life kind of thing. Not like you get one, but, you know, uh, don't listen to our podcast to get (laughs) the commentary on this passage. I'm just summarizing it. And so in my notes, I said, you know, a long life, which is the opposite of suicide or a short life. Um, I think part of one of the criticisms of the movie is that it has no drama because it's depicting... Uh, essentially one of the scenes we talked about. It goes, Elisha's parents spoke to her about her relationship with Blake. Uh, her father referred to the rules they had set up for dealing with suspects, and Elisha was having a hard time listening to what they were saying. Her response was that she wanted to know what was wrong with her wanting to connect with somebody her own age. What? Why did they have rules? Why do we have society with rules? What would happen if those rules were not there? What type of lives would we lead? This is like a stupid question right after the suicide one. I think that's ridiculous, yeah. but it's very like, not good in a sense of pacing so it has that in common with the movie but (laughs) it affects the movie that they're trying to push that kind of theme of following your parents because yeah like the drama would be how does her character deal with the fact that she wants to be like the normal kid quote-unquote normal kids while also being like a secret agent like agent cody banks yeah the movie doesn't really (laughs) deal with that question though like it brings it up as a topic but there's no resolution yeah Probably because no. they want to do the thing here. They want to the. It, I wonder if the devotional was intentional <laughs> from the beginning. You small group, write write extra scenes for the movie. <laughs> Give us some ideas. <laughs> um, the last thing is it has a section called "Normal Teenager" where it does Matthew six nineteen through forty thirty four, where it's talking about living in the moment and not being worried about materialistic things, stuff like that. And I just didn't like Very that weird implication. Note to end on given the conversation before. Yes, I did not. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable with the implication of like. I, this is going to be stupid, but I don't think teenagers are as vapid as that passage being used to talk to teenagers, especially when it's being talked to adults, is implies. Because uh, I find that if you're a teenager who wants, to, I'm not. I just I don't want to sound dangerous here, but if you're a teenager who wants to kill yourself, it's not because you have like the wrong clothing or like materials. It's probably because you're dealing with like I said. I described it to Catherine, but it's like. Your your young body and spirit and mind are wrestling with things that are very mature and difficult and complicated, and you are not developed enough. You don't have the support system enough. You may not have the security or the even the words or capacity enough to deal with that thing. And so now you're getting like 
emotionally overloaded. I'm, this is, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just, I'm presuming. Um, and so like to just start being like, we're going to end with our discussion of being like, what's a normal teenager? Well, don't worry about your clothing. Like I just, it's just so lame. It's just lame. It's flaccid. It's stupid. So I just, I don't know. I hope no one did this devotion. We're probably the only people who did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. We have some Patreon goals we're trying to reach. If we get enough support, we'll review each God's Not Dead movie, as well as The Inhumans, that really bad Marvel show from a couple years ago. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine and share your support. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think most devotions, in my experience, most of the time the leader will look at it, quickly flip through it, and then the conversation will just take its own yes, direction. Typically. So, but what do you I, what do you think, Melanie, about this riveting devotion based on the hit movie Hangman's Curse? <laughs> yeah, no, I would never use it or yes. recommend it to anyone. Yes. Um. Again, I think there are, um, and I, and I'm sad that I can't think of one off the top of my head that I would recommend. Cool, because I've I've never done teen devotionals as an adult. You know, I've experienced them as yes. a kid, um, but I do. I would be hopeful that there are just a lot better resources out there to have these kinds of conversations. And, you know, the the best place to get, you know, to to start from with these conversations really is the Bible. You know, so kind yes. of going through a passage in scripture that then a, a study guide can, you know, break things down and like those conversations can come, but we're, we're looking at what's true. We're looking at God's word, I think is a much better place than a movie. It doesn't mean that, you know, you can't, um, what am I trying to say? Maybe like use movies to talk about stuff or. Yeah. Like there's, I don't know if that, I'm not going to say like using movies to talk about things is overall bad. Um, I just don't think it's the best place to start, especially mm-hmm. if you're talking about such heavy topics <laughs> yeah. like the things that we just went through. And again, I think just a carefulness in how you approach them, I think is you have to be super intentional. Like this can't just be like a, oh, you know, we just got to figure out something to talk about. So we're just going to talk about this. It's like, yeah. no, you like with these topics, you have to be super intentional. You have to be as prepared um, as you can be. And I think, you know, being a somewhat of a, I don't want to say, I don't know if the best word is professional, but just being well-versed in these kinds of things and really knowing what you're talking about, not just from scripture, but also from like a mental health perspective, I think mm-hmm. is also really important. Um, like you, like Dan was saying, like, you don't want like some 19 year old leading like a small oh my gosh, yeah. um, breakout group to be heading up any of these kinds of conversations, like uh, be incredibly unhelpful and inappropriate. It's it's borderline disarming. Like whatever yeah. equipment you actually had going into the discussion, this removes stuff that you would have been prepared. Kind of like Daniel's experience with the movie f- losing memories. Like it's <laughs> like this will lose like whatever theology, sound theology, and like love for Christ you had as you're doing this devotion. You'll go, wait a minute, uh oh. And so I just it's I'm that's I'm hyperbolizing, but like yeah, it's it's for me. I, I just I was amazed. I was very blessed by the Lord on high that my Amazon copy that I ordered came with it. <laughs> but mm. the devotion itself is not a blessing at all, um, which is unfortunate because like, I don't know, I think it's just sad when I think it's inherently sad when things are tagged Christian or are marketed as Christian and they end up just kind of not being good, borderline dangerous. And I think that's sad. Um, it's not uncommon. Uh, <laughs> we know that that's a typical yeah. thing. Um, or not typical. It's just, you know, that's how sin works. But what do you think, Dan? How are you feeling about this? I mean, you know, I don't think it's a very good small group guide. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. recommend using it. I This in general, the whole like, because this, this is the only one that does this. I remember, um, what's it called? Oh, To Save a Life. Do you, have you ever watch that movie? I don't know that one. That was a big so. one in Christian circles. So it, it tackled a lot of similar themes. It's about a kid who decides not to shoot up a school or something. I don't remember the whole thing, but it came out not too long ago. I remember talking about people. Oh, oh gosh. I, I was just say in college, but now college was a long time ago for me. I don't Old, like getting older, oldie. Um, but <laughs> it's, um, but it's same thing. Like the idea is like, Oh, the movie's going to be the icebreaker, right? Like it's going to help 
get everyone comfortable with the topic. It's going to give them some things to talk about. It's going to get everyone kind of in that mental space. And then you lead a discussion. And I get the thought process behind that, but I don't think anything is necessarily a good, uh, it's it's not, nothing is a good like replacement for just having a solid like relationship where you're discipling someone yeah. or somebody yes. who's yeah. comfortable with you to talk about what's really going on with them. Because all these issues like are complex and I don't like part of why I bristle so much though. Well, like, you know, we all, as we all know, if you start talking to evil spirits, you'll start getting suicidal. It's, it's like the idea that we want to kind of have like a general cookie cutter um, answer to very complex, but very individualized issues. Like yeah, everyone who's goes through depression or anxiety or is, has suicidal thoughts or um, ha- is going through them for specific reasons. And sometimes they're exterior. Sometimes they're purely medical. Sometimes it, sometimes it is spiritual. Oftentimes it's a combination of a lot of things. So um, the example I always give is when I was working at the hospital, there was a woman who was suicidal because her husband died in a car accident and then her house caught fire and her children died in a fire all within a week. And it's like oh her depression yeah. and suicide. Mm. That's not because of a chemical imbalance. She was going through a lot of grief. Yes. She was going through a lot of issues and, you know, mm. she needed grief counseling. She needed help from social workers, but I wouldn't say her depression was necessarily clinical. Um, but that's just one example. So like for her, maybe medication would be a good way to get over the hump, but her issues were very external and, um, as well as the mental and counseling that she needed was very specific. And so there isn't necessarily any one mental health patient that's the same. And the same goes for teenagers. They're all going through weird, specific teenager problems. Half of them will disappear once they turn like, you know, 18, because being a teenager is just bad. Um, and your brain is just going crazy and it's constantly changing. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just, I think it's a bad conversation to go in depth within the context of a small group i think conversations can start there sometimes and you can give general things like hey if you feel like you're in danger tell an adult if you you know if you here are some basic things to do you know because we did have to do this at my church where when 13 reasons why i came out um it was just a disaster you know kids were just Mm. asking us tons of questions and so we had to go through some basic stuff with them like listen if your friend is texting you, telling you that they're thinking about hurting themselves, um, you, it's not your job to save their life. You have to like, you know, if you know their parents, you have to let their parents know. Um, here are some signs to look for. If like, so we gave them the basic things to look for, like sudden changes in appearance, making irrational decisions, sudden changes in behavior and personality. If, you know, you know, if you notice markings on their body, you know, these, these, you know, just like basic, um, like tools, but like, we weren't going to sit there and, and, and go through like horrible traumatic material with them and sit there and try to like have this whole big conversation with them in this context, especially with, you know, again, untrained youth leaders and stuff, but it is an unfortunate sign of the times where I did have to talk to the leaders about some basic stuff, what to do, like things, if a teenager or a young or any person really comes to you and says like, Hey, I'm thinking about, um, committing suicide or having suicidal thoughts, like basic questions to ask things to sort of verify, you know, do they have a plan or do they have specific details? You know, have they written a note, like things to look for, to see, to gauge how in danger they are presently um, and what to do and how to steer the conversation, what type of other people to pull into the conversation. Um, but as you may have gathered from all the detail I'm going into, it's kind of a big topic with lots and lots of avenues to cover and yes. lots of, literature to go through i had to go to my hospital and pull out guides and stuff that they had and go through like courses that they made me take to work there to grab the proper materials for everyone to have and i'm guessing most churches won't have those on hand so um not a huge fan like i i I get the i get the desire to do good and i get the desire to address the real issues that are going on you know church has to always be relevant we have to know what's going on uh, but some conversations are good for a youth group and some are not. And some yes. need to take yeah. place in more specialized environments. Or if you yeah. do want to have these conversations at church, you know, you have to put some thought into it. You can't just throw a movie on like it's like Spanish yeah. class and, and you put yes. Spanish subtitles on. Yeah. You know, this isn't history class. You just watch Gladiator. You know, you got to like, yeah. you, you got to. <laughs> that did happen to me, though, actually. <laughs> I also watch when, Gladiator. I class. won't out. I won't out the teacher that I had, but <laughs> that definitely did happen when I was in middle school. The movie had just come out, and that's literally what we did for like a whole week. <laughs> a I week. Just, All right. See you well, again. however, the yeah, it was just like yeah. No, but I I completely agree. I think that um, 
yeah, this is just a really just not a good example of how no. you can start these conversations. Not and all. the movie the movie doesn't support anything that they're trying to really like get into <laughs> no. very well. It's actually like antithetical to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when you when you were talking about how the one guy like addresses the kid's attempt with like just rudeness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just all bad. And I think the I'm just glad that I guess there's not too many copies of that docu- uh, that documentary. <laughs> documentary. I was supposed to say documentary. This very true story. <laughs> no, I meant to say the devotional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad that there's not too many copies of that. And hopefully people just continue to not hear about it. It's a weird movie to marry to this type of conversation because like you have a movie where it turns out someone's like breeding super deadly spiders to get revenge it's not yeah. the best movie to try and have conversations about these sorts of things. It's not yeah. Smile. Smile this year is literally like, that's the conversation yeah. from Smile is kind of about the the correlation and connection between trauma and, and suicide. It's very cynical. It's my biggest criticism of the movie, but it's also better. <laughs> so it's like at least, and it has like some crazy scenes, like two or three that I was like, awesome. But like, that's kind of the point. Like I'd rather just discuss like that's a movie I'm not going to say like a let's take the youth group out to go see Smile. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's dreadful. The music is so oppressive in a good way. So it's like it would I was surprised teens were in our theater. And I know apparently it's not actually doing well with teens. It's doing well in theaters. Just Isn't not rated teens. R. It's rated R. Yeah. But like point point being like I, the discussion makes more sense if it's at least a better movie. And like, I also have more of a jumping off point with smile to talk about, well, Melvin, why do you think it's cynical? Well, here's why. And then I'm actually segueing out from the movie into reality by talking about the movie in reality. Handmaid's curse. It doesn't live in reality. It's not real right. in, in any way. And like, that's why like Norman is such a funny character because he's the only character with real dialogue. And then it's like, Oh, he's, he, the killer. he's barely in the movie though. And he's only yeah. in three scenes before it turns out he's the bad guy. So it's like, and right. I say killer, but no one dies except for like the gym teacher. Even then yeah. It's just like, it's just gone. And, so, and Norman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's at the end, you see him outside. Um, and he's like on a stretcher, but he could, oh, and apparently oh, in the prayer, they're like, sequel, thanks God. Sequel I bait, didn't, you know? I missed yeah. that. <laughs> in the prayer, they're like, thank you God for keeping Norman alive or something like that. It's really oh, funny. Yeah. Well, I missed that. Hangman's okay. Curse 2 is going to open up with the shot <laughs> of like <laughs> the ambulance on the side of the road with the doors open, you know. And oh spiders crawling Jesus out. Jesus. And then he crawls out he's like a, a spider. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's rat catcher with spiders, you know. So. Yeah. This has been, mm, wow, what an edifying discussion. Hangman's Chris never expected to have in its life uh, yeah, I for will, three hours. This is what God. they intended, though, with a study guide. They're hoping that this would happen. Um, I will say that it's also odd that like they the study guide is part of it when all of these issues are barely window dressings for the movie itself. Like mm-hmm. there's some bullying. Suicide's kind of like the setup for the movie, but there's only one other scene that even deals with the topic. And so, it's like yeah. MTV music video. It's so it's very makes... yeah, it's very half-hearted in those efforts, but I mean, I guess when Hangman's Curse 2 comes out, you know, what is what's his name's revenge? The, Hangman's Curse 2, the Spider King. They'll have a better <laughs> study Norman's guy. Revenge. It's Norman's just like revenge. Psycho 2, except <laughs> yeah. in high school. Um, yeah, Ooh. I guess. Thank you, listener, for sticking around for so long. And thank you to the this two is of the you longest recording for the longest recording we've, recording ever, we've done. ever done. I don't think Dear Evan Hansen was this long. I think it was two hours wow. and 40 minutes. So. Yeah. This is extremely atypical. Just to put it in perspective, She Hulk episode is not out yet. And that's like our shortest recording. Um, but if it like, ever comes out, I, I'm putting it out. <laughs> it's saving us a week of work. I'm putting it out. But did you know Cinematic Doctrine has a blog? Visit cinematicdoctrine.com to read extended thoughts on movies or movie industry news from our contributors. Plus, you can find our podcast on there, too. But all that to say is thank you to the both of you for having the time to stick around. Um, let's uh, let's quickly do our recommendations. Um, Dan, do you want to kick us off? We'll... And just stick to one because we already oh, have three. Okay. So sorry, I know you right. have to pick between the two. You I'm going do. to. I'm going to recommend. I'm going to do something I never thought I would do. Um, I'm going <laughs> <Okay>. to truly. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna recommend an anime. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's boy. Can if we can get, go full other end of the spectrum as far as uh, type of type of thing. Uh, I'm going to recommend one that was, it was, this was recommended to me by a couple people because my lament is I, for the past, like, I want to say 10 years, I've not been able to find like in a new anime that appealed to me or I connected with. I was, and I was ready to say, 
I'm just too old now. I've moved past that point in my life. Um, but then, because the only anime I really, even as I got older, was ever into was like ones that were just kind of quirky and silly and didn't try to be serious or didn't have big robots in them because I've never been a big robot person. So I, it's on Hulu. It has the first 12 episodes are actually dubbed. And I'm usually a subs over dubs guy, but the dub is actually pretty good here. And I think more of the dubbed episodes are on Crunchyroll. It's called Spy Family with a big X between the words Spy and Family. Yes. And it has the stupidest premise of any show I've ever watched. Uh, but anime often has very convoluted, nonsensical setups because what they're trying to do uh, requires something silly, which is so in a the setting is that in two fake countries, which are basically standards for East and West Germany, uh, these two countries are kind of at war slash there's tension between them. And so uh, one country sends a spy over to the other country as a way to get close to a particular target to prevent war from breaking out. But this particular target is a giant recluse, like person, like as in he's reclusive, now he's a giant recluse spider. His spiders are on the brain right now. Um, but the way to get close to him is to, is for the spy to have a kid go to the private school that his kid goes to so they can become close. So the spy goes over and he just goes to a weird, sketchy orphanage and to find a kid that's smart enough to get in the school. And he has to adopt a little girl who's also a telepath. And I've watched all the available episodes. It's never explained why she has telepathic abilities, really. She just has them. <laughs> uh, and so she's like, oh, he's a spy, but she wants a dad. So she plays along. And so <laughs> she uses the fact she's a telepath to like help him. But then to complete the ruse, he needs to find a wife. And this is the most absurd element of the show, which is he finds a woman who also just needs a husband for her own reasons because she's secretly an assassin. And so they're all a family together. <laughs> And none of them know each other's secret except the telepath girl knows that like she says mama and papa are liars. Like she knows that they're (laughs) secretly. But so there's an element where the girl loves this family because she wants parents. And so she's trying to keep them together. But it's also her motivation to actually complete the mission where she's like, I need to get close to this kid to help them with their mission. And that's it's very silly. It's very cute and wholesome, but never too sugary sweet. Cause I think sometimes anime can get so cute. It just bothers you. Yeah. Yes. But this maintains good levels. It's also at times genuinely funny. Anime tends to be like funny in the quirky way that anime is funny where things are just odd. This has actual like jokes in it that I thought were funny. And just something about this premise. I just find it so appealing because it's so strange and it's on Hulu or Crunchyroll. Uh, the dub is actually, like I said, pretty good. Uh, but if you watch it with subs, there's more episodes because they're actually they didn't start dubbing it until like April of this year. So this is a pretty new show as well. So Spy Family, it's on whatever you th- the thing you watch anime is on. Uh, Melody, you want to go next? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a movie that I haven't um, seen in a little while, but I remember watching it and really enjoying it. And so I'm going to go on the anime. Oh, OK. Yeah, and I I don't know Become if you've talked about this show. movie or <laughs> I don't know if you've talked about this movie before, but um it's called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um I don't I feel like if I tried to explain it now, I wouldn't do it any justice. Um, but it is just about a girl who um finds she she through a mystery, you don't know how it happens in the beginning, but you find out more later. She discovers that she, by actually leaping, can actually leap through time. And so starts using it for selfish reasons. And then things get a little messy, as time traveling tends to do. And I just think it's a really great um, story overall. Um, I don't remember it being particularly long, but I think it's... Um, I don't watch a lot of anime TV shows. I, I usually enjoy the movies more than the television shows. Um, so I just think it's a really great anime film. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign that recommendation. It's I don't know great. if I sold it. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. It's but, really um, great. I yeah. Uh, Dan, I think you and I talked about this briefly, but I am recommending bring it on cheer or die <laughs> i cannot believe what I, I cannot i believe when it. i found Wait. out when i found out this movie existed a couple months ago i was so excited i only found out because i was just scrolling voodoo for like what's coming up soon and it, it was like oh bring it on sequel but called cheer or die what's that and it's um oh, when okay. a cheer squad practices their routines on Get halloween it. weekend in an abandoned school they are picked off one by one by an unknown killer i should have known what more do i need <laughs> I'm i like, should have known that's why you liked it <laughs> but like it's it's a 
it's a, a franchise that is not a horror franchise. It is just a dance competition franchise. It's like the fifth movie in the franchise. And they just decided we're going to do a slasher now. We're going to figure out how to make it convoluted and possible. We're going to put them in an abandoned school and they're going to oh just goodness. get picked off and also dancing. And it's, <laughs> it is so like, you will either really like it because the premise alone gets you into it. And then the jokes and the, the whole thing is funny or it's just bad. And I think that's how most people will land, but I'm still recommending it. Me and my wife had so much fun watching this tons of jokes, constant, like you're talking over it. It knows the kind of movie it is. Like there's a fight with this, with the killer where like they use the dance moves to like, (laughs) (laughs) but it's also done so much. So you're trying to sell me the movie, right? But they do it so, you're trying to get me to check it out. They do it so lamely that it's like even funnier, but like, I think it's like, Oh my god, It's just great. And it's just an economical, 91 minutes it is so okay. quick that's the most appealing thing you said about it so far and, uh, <laughs> it's 91 yeah. minutes hilarious it is great it's like a four dollar rental on voodoo just watch it it premiered on sci-fi channel it's like <laughs> we're all great God. cinema <laughs> premieres the first uh, probably oh the gosh. first bring it on movie to premiere on sci-fi i don't know it's just, <laughs> i it's, hope it's the first why would the other ones premiere but that's there? like the point they like wouldn't. it's so weird right like yeah. I, imagine i guess like, they just felt like they had nowhere else to go there's just a freaky yeah. friday film. sequel but it's a slasher and yes i I know that there basically is a movie that's that, but like that's the point. Like you took an yeah. IP. It's like um they this happened a couple years ago with um uh the banana splits movie. It was just a kid's show and yeah. then like a guy got the rights and now made it a slasher where like everyone's running away from basically Five Night for Freddy's. Yeah. So like it's funny. But like oh that's gosh. what this is. So to me, it's like I had to watch it. I watched it, it was funny. And it's great. So yeah, well, definitely check it out. We we are living in a golden age where someone now the rights to things are just going around. So people are just like, well, what if it's horror? So we have, of course, the David Harbor, Deadly Night. We have the Winnie yes, the Pooh horror film that. that's coming out. Um, I actually remember when this movie was announced and I was looking forward to it, which is the stupidest thing I've ever admitted in, in my entire life where I was like, oh, sick horror. Bring oh my it gosh, on movie. it's the seventh movie. Uh, that's wild. Yes. And it's co-written by Dana Schwartz, who I've mentioned her on the show before. She's the host of the Noble Blood podcast, which is great. And she was one of the writers on the She-Hulk show. And she also wrote the book uh, Anatomy, A Love Story. Uh, So I'm a a fan of Dana Schwartz. So when I found out that she was co-writing the the Bring It On horror sequel, I was like, (laughs) yes, finally, things for Dan are being made. There's literally a scene where like a character needs to do like a cheer move to get like off of a roof. But just earlier in the scene, the character just jumped off the roof and landed on the ground fine. So like, and there wasn't a difference in height. So like, why did they have to do this cheer move to get off the roof to add tension? Because you have to, because it's a cheer movie. So it's like, it's, yeah. so, it's such a blast. You got to check it out. Uh, again, cheap rental. You still got a week. You can do it. So that's uh that's my recommendation um thank you so much though for uh uh enduring this time both of you you know dan you're like you're from the podcast but still like this is abnormal this is what are we at three and a half hours three hours and 18 minutes this is not typical mel uh if you're on the show again we'd love to have you but this (laughs) is not normal it's usually like we won't include a full small group study at the end of the next episode (laughs) I'm like Hilarious. so hungry to go potty, but thank you so much for coming on, Aww. Melody. This was great. I'm so glad. I had a great time. Long. No, this was really awesome. Awesome. I, I cool. really enjoyed it. Yeah. And next time, if you're on, um, hopefully the movie will be better Good. than this. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. 
Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.